Hello and welcome to the Bible Podcast. On this podcast, we will read through the Bible in one year, covering Genesis to Revelation, just a few chapters each day. Today is January 1st, and we'll begin the book of Genesis. I'd like to preface the book of Genesis with a reading from a book called The Illustrated History of the Bible, written in 1867 by a man named John Kiddo, who also at the time authored the Cyclopedia of Biblical Literature and the History of Palestine, among many other books, edited by Alvin Bond, who was a professor of biblical literature in the Theological Seminary at Bangor, Maine. I use this study guide quite a bit because I really do like how it's written. As we start each new book of the Bible, I'll typically have some insight and description of the book we're about to read. So, let's go ahead and begin. The first transaction recorded in history is the creation of the world. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. This work is worthy the amazing power of that supreme being by whom it was executed. The idea of creation is truly sublime. From the infallible testimony of God, we infer that the material elements of which organic forms and worlds are composed were the product of the same creative power so clearly seen and understood by the things that are made. In the book of Genesis, the beginning of everything is ascribed to the creative power of God, and we are informed that over the formless and chaotic earth, darkness reigned, and that the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, bringing order out of confusion, light out of darkness, and this beautiful earth into a fit condition for the residence of man and the subsistence of animal and vegetable life. The Almighty Architect said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good, and he divided the light from the darkness, calling the light day and the darkness night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. Surprising display of omnipotence to illuminate a whole system in so short of time and appoint the proper portions of light and darkness to every part of the universe. Who among us, with an intelligent mind and a sensitive heart, can gaze upon the glorious scenes and objects around him without emotion, and if piety be an inmate of his bosom, without adoring reverence and filial love to him who made them all? And yet it is most true that the beauties and sublimities of the natural world are exhibited in vain to the generality of mankind, engaged in other pursuits, or degraded by evil passions, or besotted by self-indulgence, the most magnificent and the most soothing scenes which mark the power or the goodness of God are equally unnoticed and despised by many who ought to feel most interested in them. The waters being still dispersed over the face of chaos, the Almighty was pleased to separate them from each other and restrain their current within proper bounds. He divided those above the firmament from those beneath and parted the waters of the earth from the watery atmospheres. The firmament formed on this occasion was called heaven and with the separation of the waters completed the second day of the creation. 
light being formed and the waters separated from each other, the Almighty on the third day commanded that the waters beneath the firmament should be gathered together and dry land appear. The waters, accordingly, fled into deep valleys and recesses of the earth. The lofty mountains raised their towering heads, and the lesser hills displayed their pleasing summits. As the great Creator designed the earth for the future habitation of man and beast, it was no sooner separated from the waters than He gave it prolific virtue, and endowed it with the power of vegetation. The surface was immediately covered with grass for cattle, which was succeeded by herbs, plants, and fruit trees, proper for the nourishment of man. All those were instantly in a state of perfection, that they might be ready for the use of those inhabitants for whom they were designed. The Almighty Creator, having prepared such necessaries as He thought proper on earth for the use of its intended inhabitants, on the fourth day formed those two great luminaries of heaven called the sun and moon, the former of which He appointed to rule the day and the latter the night. He likewise formed the planets, fixed their gravitation and vicissitudes, and appointed their regular courses that they might divide time and distinguish the seasons. By means of these luminaries, the atmosphere was rarefied, and by their influence on the planets was promoted the office of vegetation. The creation of the first four days consisting of things inanimate, on the fifth, God pronounced his omnipotent fiat for the production of living creatures, saying, Let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creatures that have life, the fowls that they may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. He was pleased to form these creatures of different shapes and sizes, some very large to show the wonders of his creating power, and others exceedingly small to display the goodness of his indulgent providence. After he had created them, he gave his blessing by bidding them be fruitful and multiply, and doing them at the time with a power to propagate in a prolific manner their respective species, and thus were completed the works of the fifth day. In the beginning of the sixth day, God created the terrestrial animals, which the sacred historian has divided into three classes, namely beasts, wild creatures such as lions, tigers, bears, wolves, etc., cattle, or domestic animals for the use of men such as bulls, cows, sheep, hogs, horses, donkeys, etc., and creeping things such as serpents, worms, and various kinds of insects. The omnipotent Creator, having made these abundant preparations, crowned His work with the formation of the grand object, man, for whose use they were designed. He said, Let us make man in our own image after our likeness, and to show that the creature he was now about to form should be the masterpiece of the creation and have supremacy over the whole. He further says, And let him have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. In the formation of man's body, God chose the dust of the earth, after which having infused into him an immortal spirit, or, as the text says, breathed in his nostrils the breath of life, he became a living soul. As soon as Adam began to experience the consciousness of his existence and intellectual endowments, he would very naturally direct attention to the animals around him 
desirous of knowing whether his relation to them was one of security and peace. To relieve his mind of any disquieting apprehensions, he was assured by the Creator that they were all subject to his authority. As a pledge of such authority, they were moved to appear before him that he might give them such names as would distinguish their species and indicate their natures. On perceiving that all these animals appeared in pairs, Adam would, as may be supposed, desire and expect to find a companion kindred to himself and fitted to be a partner and helpmate. To meet this want, God took one of his ribs and created a woman whom the man named and gladly recognized as one with himself. This, said he, is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh, language which referred to the nearness of the conjugal relation as a partnership of love. It thus was intimated that the marriage bond was to be regarded as indissoluble. This was certainly the last act of the whole creation, which by the almighty power of God was made perfect in the space of six days, at the close of which the great creator took a survey of the whole and pronounced it good, or properly adapted to the uses for which it was intended. The next day, which was the seventh day from the beginning of creation, God set apart as a time of solemn rest from his labors. He blessed and sanctified it, and to impress mankind with a just sense of his infinite wisdom, power, and goodness, ordered it ever after to be kept sacred. Today we're reading Genesis chapters 1 and 2. Let's begin. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good. Then he separated the light from darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. And evening passed and morning came, marking the first day. Then God said, Let there be a space between the waters to separate the waters of the heavens from the waters of the earth. And that is what happened. God made this space to separate the waters of the earth from the waters of the heavens. God called this space sky. And evening passed and morning came, marking the second day. Then God said, Let the waters beneath the sky flow together into one place, so dry ground may appear. And that is what happened. God called the dry ground land and the waters seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the land sprout with vegetation, every sort of seed-bearing plant and trees that grow seed-bearing fruit. These seeds will then produce the kind of plants and trees from which they came. And that is what happened. The land produced vegetation, all sorts of seed-bearing plants and trees with seed-bearing fruit. Their seeds produced plants and trees of the same kind, and God saw that it was good. Evening passed and morning came, marking the third day. Then God said, Let lights appear in the sky to separate the day from the night. Let them be signs to mark the seasons, days, and years. Let these lights in the sky shine down on the earth, and that is what happened. God made two great lights the larger one to govern the day and the smaller one to govern the night. He also made the stars. God set these lights in the sky to light the earth, to govern the day and night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And evening passed and morning came, marking the fourth day. Then God said, Let the waters swarm with fish and other life. Let the skies be filled with birds of every kind. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that scurries, and swarms in the water and every sort of bird, each producing offspring of the same kind, 
And God saw that it was good. Then God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply. Let the fish fill the seas, and let the birds multiply on the earth. And evening passed, and morning came, marking the fifth day. Then God said, Let the earth produce every sort of animal, each producing offspring of the same kind, livestock, small animals that scurry along the ground, and wild animals. And that is what happened. God made all sorts of wild animals, livestock and small animals, each able to produce offspring of the same kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image, to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Then God said, Look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food. And I have given every green plant as food for all the wild animals, the birds in the sky and the small animals that scurry along the ground, everything that has life. And that is what happened. Then God looked over all he had made and saw that it was very good. Evening passed and morning came, marking the sixth day. Chapter 2 So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. This is the account of the creation of the heavens and the earth. When the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, neither wild plants nor grains were growing on the earth. For the Lord God had not yet sent rain to water the earth, and there were no people to cultivate the soil. Instead, springs came up from the ground and watered all the land. Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. Then the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he placed the man he had made. The Lord God made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground, trees that were beautiful and that produced delicious fruit. In the middle of the garden, he placed the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. A river flowed from the land of Eden, watering the garden and then dividing into four branches. The first branch, called the Pishon, flowed around the entire land of Havilah, where gold is found. The gold of that land is exceptionally pure. Aromatic resin and onyx stones are also found there. The second branch, called the Gihon, flowed around the entire land of Cush. The third branch, called the Tigris, flowed east of the land of Ashur. The fourth branch is called the Euphrates. The Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. The Lord God warned him, You may freely eat of the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. When the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone, I will make a helper who is just right for him. So the Lord God formed from the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would call them, and the man chose a name for each one. He gave names to all the livestock, all the birds of the sky, and all the wild animals, but still there was no helper just right for him. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord God took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. 
Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib, and he brought her to the man. At last, he exclaimed, This one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from man. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united as one. Now the man and his wife were both naked, but they felt no shame. Looking back in recent history, New Year's Day has been called every man's birthday because it is a time of new beginnings. In some countries, a year is added to everyone's age on January 1st rather than on the anniversary of each person's birth. Ever since 1751, January 1st has been observed as the beginning of the year in most English-speaking countries. That was the year the British Calendar Act was passed. Prior to this date, New Year always began on March 25th, approximately at the time of the vernal equinox. Traditionally, New Year's Day is a time for personal introspection and for making resolutions to change some behavioral habits. God's Word starts by taking us back to the beginning, letting us know God's plan for us in our world. Tragically, our first parents failed in fulfilling these plans, but even then God gave them hope they could have a new beginning. Just as each fresh new year offers opportunity for correction and change, so God gives his children a chance to start over when they turn to him. However, unlike the new year's offer, God also gives the strength needed so we can make correction and lasting change. The Bible says, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. That's out of John 1, verse 12. Looking deeper, creation always comes out of chaos. The world was without form and void when God stepped in to bring order. He does the same for us when we turn to him for help. Our problems do not magically disappear, rather there is a sensible sequence in solving them. The creation story shows us how God creates order carefully, step by step. God wants to form a partnership with us in fulfilling our purpose. Adam and Eve were to be involved in bringing order to chaos. God gave them wisdom and inspiration. God is exceedingly fair. He spelled out the consequences of their choices long before Adam and Eve sinned. Like us, their real problem was not ignorance, but rebellion. God has given us all we need for effective and joyful living. Everything that God made was good. Man now was given a choice whether to enjoy creation or to rebel. Let's pray. Lord, help me to remember you can and will bring creation out of the chaos around me. I trust in you. Lord God, I thank you for my breath. I thank you for the divine inspiration that leads me in the paths of your will. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name. Folks, I am so glad you're here and I'm looking forward to being with you here on the Bible Podcast tomorrow as we get into Genesis chapters 3, 4, and 5. Thank you.